sometimes when we're talking about environmental conservation, it's difficult to know or even imagine exactly what we really mean. That's especially true when we're asked to care, I mean really care, about remote wilderness areas thousands of miles away from where we live, work, and play. One such place is the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge in Alaska. In a region so remote that it's only accessible by small charter airplane, the Arctic Refuge is perhaps the most geographically isolated wilderness area in the continental United States. Very few people will ever visit there. But as the home of many different plant and animal species, including caribou and grizzly bears, this remarkable ecosystem on the shores of the Beaufort Sea and the Arctic Ocean is at the forefront of the modern conservation movement. And as a bellwether for the global impacts of climate change, the protection of the Arctic Refuge is a major priority for conservation groups like the Sierra Club and many other environmentally focused community outreach organizations. My name is Jose Gonzalez and I'm the founder of Latino Outdoors. Tell me where we are and what we're doing. Right now at this beautiful overcast chilly morning, I believe it's a Monday, we are at the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge uh, on the banks of the Hula Hula River. Uh, just over the Brooks Range and we are here on a couple of things. The main one is we're on a Sierra Trip um, sponsored expedition to really be able to be able to experience this place and ultimately be able to take this experience and relate it and communicate it out uh, to our communities with the ultimate goal of having better protection uh, for, this, for this place. Along with the leader from Outdoor Afro, a group dedicated to helping African-American families forge a bond with the natural world, Jose Gonzalez and I had the rare opportunity to travel through the Arctic Refuge. Over the span of seven days, we paddled more than 50 miles along the course of the Hula Hula River to experience for ourselves the unique beauty of this vast yet fragile natural habitat. In the hopes of raising awareness for the importance of this and other distant wilderness areas, this trip was organized to help make a connection with emerging communities of color who will one day be called upon to save them. I'm James Edward Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. You know, and it's interesting because I think a lot of people would think that 
it would be obvious that we would protect places like this. Mm-hmm. Why is it important that we illustrate that with an experience and stories that we're bringing back? Right. I was actually thinking about this question, especially for myself, when we when, I, when we frame the, the the preposition, if you will, that great. So I'm you know I'm here representing Latino outdoors. So what does my Latino identity and heritage and culture have to do with a place like the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge? And so once is, I think, is so as to not be limited to think that, oh, a protected um, space or a public land, quote unquote, has to have Latino roots for it to, to matter or count in terms of um, Latino importance. And the example of that is when we said, you know, the Cesar Chavez National Monument didn't get established just for Latinos. It's for all Americans. But it's important that it was an addition to the system of how it expands the narrative. Because at the same time, Yosemite National Park is a Latino park as well, because it's to be inclusive uh, of everybody. So for the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, we have a responsibility, those of us that get to experience it, because we are storytellers in our communities and it's important to have that voice be represented. And at the same time, just for all of our communities, that it isn't about picking and choosing which public lands are more important, it's the whole system. And as we're more demographically diverse, and we then continue to step and push into these decision-making and leadership spaces, that means it's a responsibility to protect all public lands. And the Arctic uh, would be no different. A lot of the constituents that we're interested in connecting with are people who live in urban areas. Why should people who live in cities care about a place like this? I think that's a good, at least two-part question, because there's definitely the the access and responsibility that I think all communities that we have, regardless of our background and where we're coming from and where we live, that goes hand-in-hand with the access piece that's a responsibility for those in charge or that have had a responsibility for the longest time to open it up and, and provide it that they have to tackle this from a question of equity as we're all trying to you know, move for equality. In that the responsibility goes hand in hand because if you grew up in the city, experience is so important. And you get experience from visiting the resource, as they say, right? Letting the land speak for itself. But especially now, nowadays, People also get so much experience from from so many other storytelling platforms, the media, social media, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, all of these little pieces where people can at least get the glimpse and begin to make that connection because you really never know. You never really know if and how and when you actually will be there. And it's important to have that sense of relationship because before I ever came here, I really never thought I, I would. I had read about it, heard about it, seen a couple of things about it. Oh, that, looks, that looks majestic. That looks incredible. And so that created at least this initial relationship. But if you would have, to have, if you would have asked me last year, you know, next year you're going to go to the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, I'd be like, how? Why? You know, it's not part of my life daily schedule. It's not part of the track that I, that I thought or saw. So I think it's important for all citizens and residents, especially if you live in a city, to know that there is hope, 
there's a sense of responsibility and stewardship regardless that no matter where you are this is for you and we need to break the notions or perceived barriers or stereotypes that because you live in the city this is not for you kind of a, a fun question what was the thing that surprised you most about yourself in this place that is a good question I would say a couple of things is sprinting in my huaraches uh, up the up and down the slope <laughs> I don't know how high we climbed yesterday a couple thousand feet or at least and that surprised me because I wasn't sure if I would have the energy but I think there was a liveliness and definitely a sense of pride because these huaraches are very important for me they come from my hometown in Mexico and I've linked them to my grandfather who uses huaraches to go anywhere and everywhere and I'm talking like out into the hills and out into the um, just the, the woods and woodlands so to speak and I've asked him once like you know I call him dad actually because he raised me as a young kid as well so I asked him you know I said so Papa what why don't you like do you wear boots or any other shoes when you go out you know hunting or anything like that he's like no just these it's like I don't um, I'm uncomfortable in anything else I've tried no these are the best things that I can wear you know that surprised me because I wasn't sure I was gonna bring them but now having them here they they you know pun intended they ground me <laughs> in the experience and then the other thing surprising thing is just to be in such a reflective state about this place because it's so familiar in many ways and yet this is the farthest north I've ever traveled so it's very new and there's a lot of newness to this experience The purpose of this trip was to help to define a new vision of environmental protection, one that includes the participation of all the American people. That means people of color. As the National Park Service celebrates its 100th anniversary in 2016, we look forward to a new century of conservation that is more diverse and inclusive. You can get involved. Just follow the hashtag InclusiveVisionForNext100 on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Edward Mills. Our theme music was provided by Jake Shimobukuro. The Joy Trip Project is made possible thanks to the generous support of our partner, Choose Outdoors. You can find out how you can get connected to our public lands through outdoor recreation at chooseoutdoors.org. And special thanks to the Sierra Club for making this Joy Trip possible. Learn more about the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge at wearethearctic.org. Thanks for listening. But you know, we want to hear from you. So write to us at info at joytripproject.com with your questions, comments, and criticisms. But for now, go be joyful. And until next time, take care.